I'm excited about tonight. And the reason I am, I've made up my mind that I'm going to have a great 2017. <laughs> and that we are as a ministry. Yeah, all of us. <clears throat> but I was talking to someone just a couple of weeks ago, and I, I cannot. Can those of you who are standing in the back come sit down? Because it's so distracting to me. Sorry. <laughs> I wish I had a stronger uh, level of self uh, Mental self-discipline, but I don't. So help me out. Um, I was talking to someone, and it's somebody I hugely respect. And they said all the things they were doing. And I said, wow, that's, that's awesome. Why are you doing all that? And she said, I'm going to have the best year I've ever had next year. And she said, you don't wait until January 1 to have a great year. She said, you build momentum, and I'm building my momentum. And so I thought back over the last couple of years, and actually I kind of got my butt kicked in a, a couple of ways, some of them fairly major. And I thought, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm having the best year I've ever had next year. And as I've been building my momentum, I've started thinking about breakthrough because I'm determined to have some breakthrough in areas of my life that I've never had it before. And we can have that, but it will not be accidental, because breakthrough will never be an accident. Um, I wanted to read you the, the dictionary uh, definition of breakthrough. I liked it a lot. It says, number one, a military movement or advance all the way through and beyond an enemy's frontline defense. I like that. All the way through and beyond their defense. An act or instance, number two, of removing or surpassing an obstruction or restriction, the overcoming of a stalemate. Number three, any significant or sudden advance, development, achievement, or increase, as in scientific knowledge of diplomacy that removes a barrier to progress. Those are very strong words. I love strong words. I heard uh, Brian Orm speak this morning at Upper Room. He's a spiritual son of mine, and he actually speaks here occasionally. And when I stood next to him because of our covenant, I have a measure of authority when I pray over him. And he was, I knew he was going to speak, so I put my hand on his back, and I started praying. And when I was done, he turned around and prayed for me. And then I told him, I said, you, of all people, should know what a feral ferocity I have as an individual, and how much discipline it takes to domesticate myself enough to sometimes be in community. That was what I was praying for you with. And he goes, thank you. After he spoke, I said, this is the second time you've been in Sacramento and you have not seen me one-on-one. -on -one. And I said, you're coming again soon and I will expect to see your face one-on-one -on -one for an hour. Don't think for a moment that that feral ferocity can't be directed towards you instead of around you. <laughs> and he started laughing, and he's like, okay. Now, I wouldn't talk that way to someone that I'm not that re related to like that. I'm going to treat them so much better. I'm going to be more courteous. But he's my son. Andrea, before they were doing worship, she went out. I went out, and she was with her kids, and they had spilled something. I don't know what they spilled, and I'm like, don't worry about it. 
we have people that will sweep that up. And she goes, oh, no, this is a life lesson, and my children will learn. They clean up their messes after themselves. And I was like, pardon me for butting in. <laughs> Your kids must have been here last week. <laughs> and if they weren't, they're getting it this week. I actually think that our definition of breakthrough in church, and especially in what we would consider more progressive churches who really flow in the spirit, <laughs> is, you know, I, w I heard this amazing speaker, and oh my gosh, I felt these feelings I had never felt before. I, I had such a breakthrough, it was like, there was just like a glory crowd, cloud all over me, and gold dust was falling everywhere. It was such a breakthrough. And so I would like to, and I'm not making fun of gold dust because I've seen it fall from heaven, and I'm, I'm the guy who, you know, I'm like the guy who had to put his hand, his finger in Jesus' hand so he knew the hole was really there. That's me. And I saw the gold dust, and I went over. I was like this. And when it started falling down on me, I'm like, oh, there is nothing, there's nowhere that's coming from except from heaven. I guess it really exists. I've had those experiences. But I think a lot of what we call breakthroughs is revelation. And I'll tell you why. But before I tell you that, um, I think that sometimes our authority is kind of sketchy. We're like, I've been a Christian for 10 years, and the name and the blood of Jesus is so powerful. And then somebody who has demonic issues approaches us, and we're like, oh, somebody get the pastor. I, 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 mean, I call upon the name and the blood of Jesus. And we're just throwing everything we can at that person because we have no authority whatsoever. And they know it. And they're so glad they showed up. Because the enemy got to make this big show. And everybody found out exactly how powerful the name and the blood of Jesus were. The name and the blood are more powerful than anything else. But you have to take it into yourself very intentionally and consider your life. And this is what God's calling me to. He's like, you want those breakthroughs you've actually never had? Great. Here's how you get it. It ain't for sissies. Anybody who lives for the moment when we finally arrived, we have it all together. Because I think deep inside all of us, we want to be in control. I just don't want any more surprises. I want my life to, you know, flow like a mature Christian. You know? And when life starts flowing, we're like, yeah, my life used to be like that before I really started serving Jesus. Anybody who lives for that moment? when they finally arrived, has never read the Bible much. I don't want to hurt your feelings. Actually, I do. <laughs> if you are waiting for that golden moment, 
let me hurt your feelings because you need some maturity in the kingdom. Adam and Eve. Samuel, great man of God. His two sons were so reprobate that God killed them. The kings, Saul, David, and Solomon. Queen Esther. Yeah, she became the queen, and she literally risked her life and lived in a political situation that was beyond belief. Deborah the general. Elijah, Elisha. We're not even into the New Testament yet. Where all but one of the disciples died a martyr's death. So I just submit to you, if you want to be a powerhouse in the kingdom and every single person, I mean, I'm one of the guys no one expected to be a powerhouse. I had issues. And I still deal with some of them. There are people all around us. We are all, we all have the destiny to have the greatest year we've ever had next year. And so that's why tonight I'm preaching about the beginning of it. I preach again in a couple of weeks, and I'm going to talk about the practical part. So don't think that I'm leaving you with no answers. You just have to understand clearly where you're at. It's easy to be casual about our lives. We pick up our messy thoughts like we do our rooms or our cars. Eh, once a week gets me. I've got so much to do. I've got movies. I've got selfies to take. I've got Facebook, <laughs> Snapchat, and Instagram. And that, that alone wears me out. Just keeping up with my real world. <coughs> Periscope. I left out Periscope. I'm sorry. You have no idea how stressed I get. Just trying to keep up with real life. I have a question for you tonight. If you think I'm being sarcastic, I am. <laughs> I actually believe that this group is pretty interested in growth. Because, honestly, like, I talk to visitors sometimes. We scare people sometimes. <laughs> I mean, people give testimonies about things nobody even talks about in church. And you get a level of truth here that makes you highly uncomfortable. And if you stick around, you become a beast in the kingdom. And so I propose, let's think this through and decide what are we willing to do to have the best year we've ever had. And then start building our momentum towards that. So let me ask you a personal question. And I'm not apologizing for this. What is an area you could really use some breakthrough in? And I want you to keep that in mind while we share it together tonight. So I'm going to sit here, stand here. I'm going to ask you, what's an area that you could use some breakthrough in? And when it comes to you, hold your hand up. And yes, I'll wait on you. Thank you, Caleb. Caleb has two hands up. (laughs) 
Okay, now I can't tell if you don't have your hand up, so I guess everybody can put them down. And I want to encourage you, if nothing came to you pretty quickly, how often are you asking God, is there anything in my life that you'd like to see different? Because unless you're Jesus, and I don't think any of you are, <laughs> there should be something. I want to show you a very clear picture of Revelation. It's one, from one of my favorite movies. So if you will roll that. Derek? To join it, do you give homage? I give homage to Scotland. And if this is your army, why does it go? We didn't come here to fight for them. <laughs> Too many. Sons of Scotland, I am William Wallace. William Wallace is seven feet tall. Yes, I've heard. He kills men by the hundred. And if he were here, he'd consume the English with fireballs from his eyes and bolts of lightning from his arse. <laughs> I am William Wallace, and I see a whole army of my countrymen here in defiance of tyranny. You've come to fight as free men, and free men you are. What will you do without freedom? Will you fight? Fight and you may die. Run and you'll live. At least a while. And dying in your beds many years from now, would you be willing to train all the days from this day to that for one chance, just one chance, to come back here and tell our enemies that they may take our lives? But they'll never take our freedom! And what they just got was revelation. I just want to encourage some of you in the room. Because some of you in the room talking about breakthrough is terrifying. Because you've tried it, and I'm one of those people. You've tried it time after time after time after time. And it's frightening to think about trying one more time. Because it's safer and easier to hide out. But I want to encourage you, just try. Can you put that pick up, the one I kept moving around? Sometimes it takes an overwhelming breakdown to have an undeniable breakthrough. 
And so I want to pray for you before I go on. If you're sitting here tonight and you have things in your past, I've had those things. I want to break the power of that because I want you to take in the truth of Almighty God. So I just break the power of memories, of pictures in your mind, of lies, word curses, and accusations, and of shame and hopelessness and despair that came into your life through the consequences of followed choices that you have made. I break the power of those. I ask the light and fire of the Holy Spirit to come down and cleanse your emotions, to burn away all mental fog, to cleanse your minds, and I ask a rewiring of your brains that you can think again like you did when you were born. And I thank God for the faith I have to pray these prayers for all the things that you have done in my own life. Amen. I'm here to ask you tonight to consider making a stand, to look your stronghold in the face, chest bump it a little, and then back up to assess. You know how when you, somebody starts pushing you around? I got bullied a lot, and one of the things I learned in school is the minute I see you start heading for me, I get out of my chair and I start heading for you. I'm not waiting for you to get to me. And most of the time, it was not my physical presence that was frightening. It was my tongue. Because I learned, I'm uh, a fairly discerning person, and I learned to use sarcasm. So you might knock me down, but before I hit the ground, my tongue is going to cut you three times. And I won't even feel it when I hit the ground, and you'll never forget what I said. That was really powerful and super demonic. But I've learned to turn that around and to use my tongue in a powerful way. I've chest bumped the enemy a couple of times and he's knocked me down. But on my way down, I've learned to use my tongue on him three times or more. And when you start figuring out who you are and how to have breakthrough, you might get knocked down, but when you get back up, you're stronger when you get back up because you start speaking the truth. So I want to talk about that a little bit. Uh, Leanne, if you could, the, the next pick I want you to look at, when I ask you to get unstuck, to assess how are you going to knock that stronghold, that wall down that keeps me stuck, the only wall you need to conquer is the one you built in your mind. Some of us had help building those walls. But you have the power to tear them down. I promise you. I've been doing it for uh, very uh, intently for the last four or five years and in the last month have ratcheted it up to a whole nother level. Because I want my 60th decade. I said 60th. I want my 60th decade to be the best one I've ever had. So I want you guys to have your best decade in your 20s, in your 30s. I want you to stand on my shoulders. And what I've learned, I want your lives to be different. I want you to get what I've gotten to so much earlier because when you're my age, you'll be healing the sick, raising the dead, and seeing the demonic set free. 
There's no reason that can't happen. And your children will do the same thing, and they'll do it while they're in their teens. We've had children, Abel and Sarah's little boy, a year and a half ago. My worship leader's neck started swelling shut, and I said, don't leave. I'll meet you at the door because he was going to go to the ER. And so we go out there. We start praying for him, and their little boy puts his hand up because that's how short he was on Vical's stomach and started praying, and all of that swelling, his, his throat cleared. He did not go to the ER. That's what needs to happen in all of our homes, but it has to happen in us first. So, Leanne, if you could come up. Leanne had a word during worship that was really powerful. Um, I just feel like tonight in worship was really powerful for a number of reasons. And I feel like that Jesus, you know, in the Bible, it says that Jesus is the light, the light among men. And when his light comes and it's bright, it shines in areas that sometimes we didn't see before. And the picture that I got was the seed and the seed's outer, whatever you call that, the outer coat. Um, I saw it dying and the life coming forward, and I just want to encourage you um, that the things that are behind the wall, the things that break down to have the breakthrough, the breakdown is the shell dying, the shell that you had to build the wall around you, and when it dies, that there's life that comes for that, and if you feel like I went through a season in my life I went through a season where it was just breakdown, breakdown, breakdown. And the person that was mentoring me in that season, he got, I just, he got this goofy little grin on his face and he goes, good. And I'm like, ah, oh, that's not supposed to be comforting, but it is. That's weird. What's going on? And he said, we call that a funeral. Wow. And so sometimes when you go through breakthrough, 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 um, it's, it's not just that one seed. It's not just that one particular issue. It's a funeral. And exactly like what you said, you'll never be the same. So I want you to kind of, uh, the Lord took me to some passages that were kind of serious. And then when Leanne came up, I'm like, all right. So you're kind of more serious than I wanted to be because I wanted to be funnier than that. Um, but a breakthrough typically involves some pain because you have to let go of some things that you have held on to really tightly. You have to let go of beliefs that make you feel comfortable. My dad, Dad Tar said this morning, we were talking about some things in my life, and he goes, I'm 82 years old, and I'm still growing I'm still asking God, what do I need to know about you and about myself so I can step up to the next level? You don't hear 82-year-old men talk like that most of the time. My biological father did not talk like that. He could not wait to go to heaven and ask me to pray that he, would, he could go. So I said, all right, give me your hand. But this dad is like kicking me in the butt, you know, and I love it. But something has to die. Luke 6, 46 through 49 in the Passion Bible, which if you don't have a Passion Bible, it's worth getting. I love it. 
It says, what good does it do for you to say I'm your Lord and Master if what I teach you is not put into practice? Let me describe the one who truly follows me and does what I say. He is like a man who chooses the right place to build a house and then lays a deep and secure foundation. When the storms and floods raise against that house, it continues to stand strong and unshaken through the tempest, for it has been wisely built on the right foundation. But the one who has heard my teaching and does not obey it is like a man who builds a house without laying any foundation whatsoever. When the storms and floods rage against that house, it will immediately collapse and become a total loss. Which of these two builders will you be? So that's my question to you tonight. Which of these two builders will you be? Because if you have a bad year next year, that will be your choice. That's what Holy Spirit's been talking to me about. He's like, you don't like this stuff? Start agreeing with my word. And stop walking in rebellion to the things that I've told you. And I was like, what does that look like? It's really not near as uh, complex as we love to make it. You don't understand. That person hurt me so bad. I've never been hurt like that. And I just can't get over it. I just need to process this. Really? I listen to some people process. Oh, my gosh. I'm not even to that in my notes. My sister was asking me how I was doing with a certain relationship, which actually involved a lot of pain. And I said, I have never had anyone in my life that I would not forgive, and that person will not be the first. I absolutely am not going to be held in bondage. But that requires me to repent for everything the Lord shows me and then to let go of all my justifications. Guys, we do this a lot in, the, in romantic relationships. I, I can't believe that they're dating my ex. They, were, they are not your ex. They weren't yours when you were dating. <laughs> That's called marriage. And until you enter into a marriage covenant, they do not belong to you. So let me help you grow up in the kingdom. They ain't yours. Anybody who talks about their ex, I'm just like, let go. <laughs> All personal breakthroughs begin with a change in beliefs. All personal breakthroughs begin with a change in beliefs. When we ask God to forgive us of our sins and we confess him as Lord and Savior, and we don't even talk about lordship anymore, that's so unpopular. Because lordship violates my processing. I don't know if you know that or not. I actually have been doing more processing than probably any other time in my life. But it's under the lordship of God, and I'm, I'm going to talk more about that. We have to take ourselves out of being in God's place. Romans 12, 2 says, don't conform any longer to this pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And today I was reading that, and I've always read that verse and thought, okay, I'll try to do better. 
because his will is that I obey all the commandments. And I really struggle with being good some days, almost every day. I'm not talking about the big stuff, just, you know, being critical, looking at you and wishing I was you and hating you because you're you, or listening to somebody talk and go, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard of. I wish I was that smart. I mean, I had God, Daddy God actually wants you to thrive. He wants you to flourish. I want to give you an example out of my own life. Um, what, what God has been asking me to do is just get out of my own head. I have an idea some of you might relate to this. Some of you are weaker and less mature than most of them here. But So I'm trying to learn to be physically present where I'm at. And this last weekend, I went to a funeral in Paradise, California, and then I drove to a party in Tahoe, a birthday party. It was a surprise birthday party. And it was five couples in their late 20s or early 30s and me. Does that sound a little awkward? Well, it didn't to me because the person who planned it and the person the party was for both wanted me to be there. So I was like, cool. I wanted to be there. It's fun. So I get there and come in, and I'm, I'm super tired. I drove six hours that day. So I sit down. It's a costume party. They're all in Marvel, but I went as Rocky. I mean, I had better abs than I've had in the last 10 years. And I actually had legs, like... They were painted, instead of the getaway sticks that I usually wear to the gym, they were legs. And I loved having legs. But I get in there, and I sit down, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, my gosh. I, I, don't, know, I don't know what I was thinking. I'm really tired. Why am I here? And why did I wear the stupid Rocky costume? Because I'm trying to learn to play better. So that was <laughs> quite the jump. And I'm like, and they were playing this stupid game. I couldn't pick, figure it out at all. And I hate games. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, this makes no sense whatsoever. So I'm going to try to look like I'm having a good time. And the longer I was there, I was like, I don't belong here. Why did I come? Everybody's a couple except me. You are so stupid. But I'm sitting there in the chair trying to look like I'm with them. And then I look across at one of my sons, and I'm like, am I doing something wrong? Because he looks like I'm doing something wrong. And all of a sudden, Holy Spirit's like, stop. You're going to stop yourself? Stop. And I was like, okay. Tell yourself the truth right now. Your son has no problem with you. In fact, he's all for you. Stop analyzing the room. Stop your processing, which has taken you right into the tubes, and look around the room. You have an amazing relationship with every person in the room. None of them care that there's five couples and you. 
Yeah, that might look a little weird on Facebook and the pictures, but. <laughs> and you know what? I had a great weekend. I was still tired, but that was the only problem. Because I was like, uh-uh, I'm coming out of this mess. And that's what we have to do. Look at situations. Because I've, I've, always, I've always thought I knew what everybody was thinking. No. I brought my mind in line with the word of God. Which is, he loves me. He has an awesome plan for my life. And it was also in line with, I have great relationships with every person in this room. Stop thinking all these negative, demonic thoughts. I had a great time. Because if I don't stop that, I end up isolated and alone. Sometimes the worst place you can be is in your own head. I'm laying a framework for breakthrough, and I'm skipping so many notes you wouldn't believe it. Changing our beliefs is mixing processing and the embrace of the Holy Spirit and those who represent him well to effectively achieve breakthrough that lasts. Now, that's a powerful sentence. So for all you people like me who have to read it to get it, there it is. I'm going to read it again. Changing our beliefs is mixing, processing, and the embrace and input of not only the Holy Spirit, but also those who represent him well to effectively achieve breakthrough that lasts. And I think the, the last point I make before we do the, the last vid, you've got to want to see breakthrough before you find it. Because a lot of us, me included, when I really sat down and looked at my life, and I've been looking at me more than anybody else lately, not from a, need to fix me. No, I want to have a great life. Next year, I want to have the best year I've ever had. I want to finish this year well. I have to strategize differently. I have to pull people next to me. I have to go to a level of transparency and honesty that I've never had. I've got to obey the Lord at a level that I've never obeyed him. I've got to do exactly what Anderful said. My dad, I told you guys, said to me, I want you to stop doing so much ministry stuff and focus on finding a spouse. And when he said that to me, literally from that moment on, I was like, okay. <laughs> and so I freaked out for the next week. Because I'm like, I've been doing this for a long time and nothing has shown up. I'm obviously <laughs> not real bright in this department and I have just a few strongholds maybe. Scratch the maybe. And then I texted him. I'm like, I don't know how to do that. He goes, great. Let's go in for breakfast an hour early next Thursday. And we'll talk about that. He has some great ideas. I just want to encourage you. Whatever you thought of, whatever you, when you raised your hand, Whatever you thought of, want it. 
want it badly. It doesn't matter what mistakes you've made. They don't matter. Because the more you believe the gospel, the more you understand. Whatever mistakes you made, you're the only one that sees them. My dad told me, you need to be like the absent-minded father. And I'm like, great, what does that mean? When he talks to me, I do kind of give this face and that voice tone sometimes. And he's like, cuz, the Bible says your sins are under the blood. And he's so absent-minded, he doesn't see them anymore. I'm 61, and my dad is telling me this is how you need to look at life. It was super powerful. So I want to show this last vid, and then I've got just a couple more thoughts. That's the enemy. That's us. I don't want to damage all the women. <laughs> Not all the women, but some of them. No, there's no. I've had women tell me they need inner healing because I've shown it all because I love it all. <laughs> but I would submit for you, we're the guys who are standing there with pitchforks, all kinds of stupid things. The enemy looks as big as the people on the horses look. And God has given us everything we need to throw down all of our petty, small, little things we call weapons and pick up what he gives us. Because if you've seen this movie, they win. And they win again and again and again. And the reason is because they just wouldn't quit. So between now and when I speak the next time, ask Holy Spirit to give you a bigger want to and to cause your spirit to rise up inside yourself. Amen. Ask him, who do I talk to about this? If you don't know how to win, somebody in this room does. We have a bunch of talented people. and We have every kind of testimony in the room. If you have something you think no one else has ever experienced, go to epiclife.org and listen to the testimony to the last couple of years, because I'm sorry, you ain't that special. <laughs> the same name and the blood that has helped us overcome everything that the enemy has brought against us, and some of us are still overcoming, 
in that process, it'll work for you. Because God is without partiality. He has no favorite children. When you present yourself and you go, God, I don't know how to do this. Just like I told my dad, I don't know how to do this. He goes, great. Let's go for an extra hour. I've got some clues. And he did. So I just encourage you, ask Holy Spirit to give you what you need. Because I promise you, he will not, he will not leave you alone. Daddy God loves you and values your destiny. He, you were created for a reason. You are no accident. So come stand, fight with the rest of us. Stand there. We all look like we kind of are a ragtag ministry sometimes. <laughs> we got some weird people here. I would be one of the first ones. But God has done. We've seen God do powerful things here, and we are going to see them again. So... It's really easy to experience um, hardship after hardship and defeat after defeat and then take our experiences and come up with some kind of con conclusion to match our pain or to, to make an excuse for our pain. And um, I really felt like uh, tonight I saw like all these, these dry bones on the floors as we were kind of worshiping. And, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. God, what's, what's that all about? And like, I felt like God was saying that he's going to restore hope in areas of our hearts tonight that's going to give us courage to speak to those dry bones, those, those promises. And the, the actual material thing within the promise or the, the worldly thing within the promise might be different, but there's areas of hope, areas of in our heart that were laid down with those promises, those bones on the floor. And I felt like God was saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to restore hope in such a way that transforms truth. Because when you, when you take experiences and you come up with a conclusion that's going to make you feel comfortable with your pain, what happens is you actually lose sight of the way, the truth, and the life. And, and when you lose sight of truth, you lose sight of the Lord inside of situations in life. And when you can't see the Father, there's nothing more, more fearful or, or less hopeful than that. Um, and I, I really felt like he's going he's gonna to bring some kind of a new level within our hearts tonight, and like these little revival moments, um, we, we want revival like the great ship, like this massive, oh my gosh, like these signs, these wonders, these miracles, and like there's like, these little revival moments like here tonight that I feel like we have an opportunity to grab a hold of and say, I, I'm not going to think like that anymore. Like I, I had some pain, I had some hurt, I don't fully understand it, but I first need to seek wisdom of truth before I get my understanding, and my understanding might be a long ways away and I don't need to put a timeline on it, but I need to, to re-identify what truth is. Like wisdom says, I believe what Jesus says. And, and I feel like there's like this little moment for us, whether it's what Eric had mentioned earlier, writing down that question, or whether it's something that's like stirring as we're talking. But if you guys want to just stand with me, I want to pray over us. And if, um, if we have some people playing um, any music, and if our uh, prayer team can come up as well, that'd be great. Lord God, we just, we thank you that um, no matter what the hurdles might have seemed like, no matter how many times we might have felt the pain or felt the, the hardship or the, the, the fears crawling up, uh, the, the familiar lie that I can't do this, I, I failed too many times, or um, the, even the conclusions, the mindsets that we've established 
based on of our pain. I pray, Lord God, that you would just invade that situation with truth and you would reveal yourself to us in those situations. The way that you, the Father, loves us, your children. I just feel like, um, like the Lord is, he's restoring dreams of children tonight. And, and um, like just looking out, out of this window of opportunity for your life. And he's like, I, I have all of these opportunities for you to encounter my love. And so God, we just pray that, that you would come into all those situations, those circumstances, and you would, you would cause such a courage to rise up again and whatever that area is, whatever that area of courage or revival is in our heart, God, I pray that you would begin reviving areas. You would bring back fragments and you would bring life into um, every part of our being tonight. We praise you, Lord Jesus. We thank you that, that you've empowered us in your Holy Spirit. And you've empowered us with um, the fathers and the mothers and the, the brothers and sisters around us. And we bless you, Jesus. We love you. Amen.